Welcome to the All Souls Episcopal Parish in Berkeley's Sermon Podcast. Today is the fifth Sunday of Easter, and we hear from the Reverend Philip Richard as he preaches from the lectionary, which this week was Acts chapter 11, verses 1 to 18, and John chapter 13, 31 to 35. As always, you can find more information about All Souls or more sermons on our homepage, which is allsoulsparish.org. to wonder how many times Peter rehearsed his story while he was walking the road from Joppa to Jerusalem. It's a long enough journey that uh, I would believe he had time to work this over dozens and dozens of times. I'd like to spend our time this morning uh, entering into this uh, really intricate and compelling part of the Acts of the Apostles. We're right now in the 11th chapter, but the chapter just before, uh, Peter has had this unbelievable experience. He's had a vision from God. And in that vision, um, this sheet comes down, and there's all kinds of animals in this, uh, on the sheet, all kinds of animals that, as a faithful Jew, he is not to touch not to kill, not to eat. And he's asked if uh, he's told to eat them, and he says, no, 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 I, I can't do that. That is, that is not the way I am to live, uh, to which the voice responds that uh, he should kill and eat because this will no longer be considered unclean. And it happens not once, but it happens twice. It happens three times. And uh, just when that happens, there are three people, three strangers to him, who do not look to be part of the tribe, and they come and ask him to go with them. Now, I would imagine uh, if I'm in Peter's shoes, I am wary, I am maybe afraid, I am distrustful, but he hears a voice within to tell him to go, and he does. And what happens uh, is that he finds himself in the home of a centurion. Now, uh, again, context is important here. Remember, this is uh, a leader of a hundred men of the occupying Roman army. And he finds himself in this space, and the centurion is asking him for um, a remarkable and I would imagine a little bit of anxiety-producing request. He wants Peter to tell him the story of the Christ. And so Peter does, and he shares from what he knows. And at that moment, an experience of the Holy Spirit falls upon this group of people who are outside of the circle that Peter has known all of his life, and they begin speaking in tongues. They begin having the very kinds of experiences that Peter and the rest of the believers have been having since the resurrection. And I have to imagine, Peter in that moment faced the, the kind of question that many of us have faced before, which is, really? Them? 
And uh, what follows is an exchange that has really changed the course of Christianity. Because in that moment, Peter realizes that these people that he had previously thought were on the outside of the circle that had been drawn, they were on the inside, or he was on the outside, or the circle meant something entirely different than it had ever had before. And so in, a, in an act that has um, come to really typify the acts of the apostles, Peter is invited to join these people at table. And not only does he share food with them that day, but he stays there for several days more. And that presents a very big problem. <laughs> You see, uh, and, and it's only one verse. Uh, at the end of chapter 10, we hear this story, and then we start here with chapter 11, what we just heard Tony read, and, and there's just one verse. It says, now the believers in Judea, well, they had some questions. And so that's, that's when I imagine Peter on his way from Joppa to Jerusalem uh, working this over and over and over I can imagine the, the feeling he might have had in the pit of his stomach, knowing the truth that he had experienced, but wondering if anyone else will see it. And so he gets there uh, to Jerusalem and begins to tell his story. Now, the, um, the reason why I say that this is... Um, important and essential to the acts of the apostles is because there are story after story after story throughout this book that, um, that echo the reverberations of the resurrection. Because what happened on that Easter day was like, uh, like something, uh, like a chime, something had been struck. And it continues to reverberate out as the spirit continues to disrupt and unsettle and connect people who had never been connected before. And so you, you constantly find the Holy Spirit in places that the disciples, the believers, never expected. With people who they thought were on the outside of the circle that had been drawn. And so when Peter is there with the rest of the believers in Jerusalem, they're asking a very basic and totally understandable question. How could the people we have known to be on the outside of our circle, how could you have invited them in? And I find this to be a really uh, understandable question because... Because of the worldview that Peter and the other believers operated in, it was a, a worldview that was highly regulated. And while I realize from the distance of millennia and culture, uh, that may seem unnecessary, it may seem odd, it may seem uh, overly restricted, I want us to have a little bit of appreciation for why it existed. 
Because in a world that was coursing with chaos, not unlike our world now, the rules that bound uh, faithful Jews regulated time, relationships, activities, because they, it gave structure and order and purpose. And it formed um, the very identity of your household, your being. It was how you knew who you were by knowing who you weren't and by knowing what the purpose of that particular time or activity was. The challenge, of course, for um, writing circles like this is that when you do that, um, you are creating a space that you can understand, but you're also creating people to be on the outside of it. And we're really effective at that as humans, right? We do this um, with race, we do this with uh, religion, we do this with economic and social class. We find ways to know who we are by making sure that we know who we're not. And again, there can be a purpose to understanding identity in this way, but the, the help easily becomes a hindrance. When we establish a, a binary that is so profound and so rigid that the person on the other side no longer just seems different, but also becomes other and distrusted and even dangerous. And so when Peter is confronted with the Holy Spirit on the other side of that line, he has a choice to make. Will he recognize that God is there and that God is here? And what will he do next? So he tells this story to all the believers there in Jerusalem. And actually, I think one of the most compelling portions of our scripture today takes place in the response of those gathered in Jerusalem. When Peter says, after I experienced this, who was I that I could hinder God? And the people there that day were stunned in the silence. They ceased their objections. They, the, the text reads that they, they, uh, they rested, they stopped, they, they held that space open because of what they had received. They listened. And in that listening, the circle expanded and they began to praise God. Now this happens in this moment in the Acts of the Apostles, but it happens over and over and over again that the, the bounds that we set up to make ourselves feel safe when those bounds actually separate us from others, the Spirit intervenes and breaks them down, and we have to figure out what to do next. 
which should feel familiar. We are at a point right now in our country and in our world where we are a very, very effective at drawing those circles and keeping those boundaries tightly. Uh, the antipathy that is growing in this country and in our culture is shocking. And uh, late last night, we saw yet another piece of evidence in Buffalo, New York, as a white supremacist massacred black folks at a grocery store. And that is an extreme form of something that I feel around us, I feel within. And I believe that we are called as Christians in this moment to answer that question. When the Spirit is ahead of us, when the Spirit is breaking down these bounds that we try to draw to protect ourselves, who are we to hinder God? Because that's the other thing that happens in the Acts of the Apostles. Anytime uh, a conversion takes place, anytime the Spirit moves in someone's life, they come to table. And that's the, the mark, that's the, um, the Easter ethic manifested. Is they realize that the table that they had made was too small. And so Cornelius invites Peter to join, and he accepts. And Peter then uh, invites the hospitality later in Acts of the Apostles because this table that we have here that we think really is only big enough for those of us we know and love, God's table is so much bigger than we can imagine. And so my question for us today, um, in this space, but really in this space of our hearts, is where are those places, who are those people that um, you have found little space for? Uh, it may be um, someone who occupies a public office that you find completely contrary to how you understand the gospel of Christ. It could be somebody in your family that you just find it so hard to trust. And there can be good reasons why you have a difference with that person. But as we go through this day and the weeks to come and we take our part in the common ground of this country and of this church and of our families. And we come to those moments because we will where the circle, the boundary is drawn and others are on the other side. And there's a moment where you could be there, where they could be here. 
I want us to ask the question that Peter was asked, the believers in Jerusalem were asked. Who am I that I can hinder God? Thank you.